Hello and welcome to another episode of The Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohanad is here. Hello. Hello, hello. And Bernie is here. Wagwan again. Welcome back, Bernie. Second child you, in sir. the bag. Congratulations. Yes. Thank and you very much. And the first one already uh, in soccer practice, I see. Yes, today was his debut. Um, ah. The season just started, his debut, and my God, he's an upgrade on the last kid. My goodness. <laughs> it, did... <laughs> it didn't make uh, the ESPN ticker, though. No, no, because you'd have to be rubbish to make the ticker. Well, oh, no, that's right. BBC, my bad. <laughs> Listen, Project Mbappe needs its own ticker. Oh my god, I mean, I was just thinking about it, like, Project Mbappe used to be like, haha, Project Mbappe, but now, it's actually, like, a thing. Like, I mean, who cares if you lose a couple of years of schooling if there's a chance of doing what he's doing? Oh yeah, well worth it. The money they're making, they can be billionaires at some point. Like, actually, tangibly now, they can be billionaires in a couple of years, so I'm ready. when, When he signs for Madrid in three years and gets another signing on bonus, he'll pretty much be almost halfway there, if not more. Put it yeah. put it this way, right? Only like the top, probably two hundred people are going to be rich enough to get that flight to Mars or wherever it is when this ship goes down. So you <laughs> want to be on that boat, you know? That's a good. You point. know what? It, now you think about it, right? That three hundred million that did you guys talk, you guys talked about Mbappe last week, right? A little mm, bit. It hasn't little really bit. happened yet. Yeah. So that three hundred million signing bonus. Whenever he get like he's rich now, right? He could literally take that money and put it in the bank, like or in an investment, whatever you want to call it. And then when he gets to Mona's point, six hundred million, <laughs> seven hundred million from Madrid next time, he's a billion. Like he's actually a billionaire in in bank terms, not stock. Like this is an actual possible Cash. thing. Yeah, Cash. yeah. I wow. think he should find a little country and buy that. Like, what are you going to do with three hundred million euro? Like, well, find got- something cool to buy. You've got your, you know, you're you're pretty much got your next three, four generations <laughs> yep. of your family, you know, set. So there's that. But yeah, if he buys country. a country, the, is he then responsible for actually doing Project Mbappe for the country, getting them into UEFA, FIFA competition? Like, is he now responsible for this? No, then you just hire Marina Granovskaya. She does all that. <laughs> or, or, or you buy Greenland and try and get him into something. It's something a bit further from Russia, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it does feel yeah. available, though. But with that Sh- kind of should... money, you're going to be friends with uh, Putin very quick. So is it time for Canada to, to annex Greenland via Mbappe? Greenland is, is owned by what? Like Denmark or something? Technically, they're on loan, but, you know... <laughs> uh, it's like a region, like it's really like a two year like like you're on your own but we have a buyback clause if we want to. That's really that's what the situation is. <laughs> oh man. That's it's a good move by Denmark. You know, as things heat up, you want to move a bit further north. There you go. Sorted yeah. already. Yeah. Good yeah. squad building. Alright, um so it's the end of the uh the season. We just we just seen Roma beat Feyenoord one 0 Congratulations to Jose Mourinho, etc., Tammy Abraham, Chris Smalling, all of them. But we're going to start with the Premier League. Um, and Mo, I know you wanted to start at the bottom because Norwich City is your favourite team. Well, I mean, not after last weekend, but 
Um, I just wanted to kind of go through and, and see, okay, well, you know, did this team, you go starting from the bottom all the way up, um, and just kind of see, you know, did they end up where you think they ended up? What's your most kind of relevant memory of them in this league, this season? And then we just kind of make our way up and, and then talk about City at the end. How about that? Sounds good. Um, all right. Did any of us not think that Norwich would be relegated? I mean, at the very beginning, there was a whole like, ooh, how many goals can Pookie score? Mm. And I think there was like, so again, you know how timelines kind of get phased in my mind. And I just think, I just forget whatever's happening. Like Cantwell, was he this season? No, two years ago. Okay. Okay. Because it was just like, it felt like they had a couple of okay players. But the problem with Norwich is that like, they just don't grind out results. So everything has to be perfect, which means that when every other team are better than you, you need to be perfect every week to stay in this league. And, you, you know, you look at a Burnley, I know they went down this season, but like how they've kind of just ground out results over the last couple of seasons, even when they're not the better team. Norwich just want to play too much football. And I worry about teams like them that even come up. You know, I worry about potentially a Fulham. I worry about, you know, those kind of teams, even a Bournemouth. Like if you really want to play football every week, chances are you're coming down. What's amazing to me is that Norwich came up, played like two years ago, played quite good football, won some admiration for the way that they went about it, fought bravely and went down. Went down, smashed the championship, came back up and were worse, despite actually spending quite a lot of money on a lot of rubbish players. Um, but here's something I want to put to Bernie. Team Upuki, clearly you know Norwich's best player by a country mile, has got 11 goals in each of his two Premier League seasons. Is he good enough to be a backup striker for a, a proper team? Define proper team, because that, anything that's like mid, term mid, mid, you know, like mid table. Like I just mean, I just mean a team that's like in the Premier League, right? That already has a main striker. Like, I, can Pookie be your number two? I, well, I think you should. <clears throat> I think he should be Brighton's number one. <laughs> like, he should be their main striker because that XG is ridiculous. Like for Brighton, <laughs> like it's actually ridiculous. Like, no. So Pookie should go there. But by that point, yeah. Like anything, Wolves. Yeah, Wolves need a striker. Even. So here, here's a thought. You know, here's a thought about Pookie being a second striker. I think he's not the kind of guy to come off the bench and have a crazy impact across the season. I feel like he's someone mm-hmm. that needs to be playing in the team. It works with the system, and he's kind of part of that. I just don't see him as you know an Origi kind of striker that come on, just kind of maybe head a ball in or be kind of a chaos factor for the last 15 minutes. I almost feel like he needs to start the game, be that kind of guy that plays. With, I, I just don't see him as an impact player. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so much thinking of him as an impact sub, more a guy that you bring out to play the games where your main dude needs rest. Like he plays the car, the Carling Cup and the FA Cup, and you know the the easy league games. I, I just feel like he's going to be pretty cheap because he's old and you know coming from the championship now, and he can he guarantees you goals even in a terrible team. He scored 11 goals in the Premier League, so. I, know, I just feel like it'd be a good he option be, for a lot of teams. It can be someone's Man United's Larson. <laughs> yeah, someone's like Man United's. Okay, yeah, sure. Because uh, he's Scandinavian too, right? Makes sense. Um, yeah, I just, meant, I just envisioned the same forget, impact. Forget Man United. Like, think about it. It's Man City. He would score fifteen goals. He would score five. Well, he would score four more goals than he scores every season, right? Like, yep. if you gave him all the game time in the world, because at least we know he gets into the right positions. If you have Holland. One Scandinavian, and then you put Pookie in there whenever Holland gets injured, which is actually quite a bit, apparently. That's not a bad move right there. 
I, I'd do it. Sell Jesus for fifty million or whatever it is Arsenal want to pay. Bring in Pookie for like a bag of crisps. <laughs> so let me put this to you: You think Pookie's going to score fifteen goals at City? Gabriel Jesus. No, no, no. I don't think he nine. will score fifteen goals. I'm saying if he played thirty-six games or however many thirty-eight games, sure. Just by definition of him being a decent finisher, he would score fifteen goals, but he won't play that many. But but I, I'm saying I doubt that's going to happen because Gabriel Jesus, who is potentially a much better player, only scored nine, and he's played almost you know quite a bit. Of, like I'm just saying this whole like just put anybody in the city and they'll score a bucket loads of goals. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm I want to see how Holland <laughs> does next season. I don't know. I don't think they necessarily. You got, you got do. an inkling feel. You got a little 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 feeling in the in your in your gut, huh? Yeah. I- I'm enjoying the fact that I've asked whether Pookie could play for another Premier League team and we've sold him to the champions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, anyway. well, let's, let's only move one level up to Watford. Um, they had such an up and down season. At one point, they looked really good. You know, they had Saar and, thing, and, and what's his name, Dennis, and things were going okay and they were an FPL favorite. And then it just dropped like a rock. Um, and then what's his face came in and he just did not care. Uh, Hudson, uh, was it Hudson? Hudson came it's, in. It's always a struggle to remember who they've had as their manager because they usually have two or three per season. Well, also they have such different managers. They have like this young European dude, Spanish <laughs> yeah. guy, and then all of a sudden Roy Hudson. It's like, okay, pick where you want to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, for me, Watford are the weirdest team in that you know we know that they're owned by the Pozzos and they move their players around Udinese and Watford and whichever other clubs they have, but. And we've said this before, apart from a few guys, I just don't know these players. Like, let me read you some of these player names. Tell me if you actually know who this is. Jeremy Ngakia. No. no. Peter Etebo. No. Yes. William Trustekong. I only know because he's in Ben yes. Foster's YouTube videos. By the way, Etebo and Trustekong are both Nigerians, is why I know them. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Ekong is the dude that was killing it and then did that one YouTube video and then couldn't kick a ball. He's the guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Imran Loser. Not a problem. No, that's a, that's a, not, not a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh King, Tom Cleverly, we know. Jao Pedro. I don't, I don't know who yes. Josh King and Tom Cleverly are. We talking about? <laughs> Adam Messina. Oh, wow. He's still yeah, there? Sure. Yeah. Ken Seema. Nope. Like they just sound made well, up. Well, well, we said this. We said this before, Alex. We said, you know, when we when we talked about this maybe mid season, we said we'd like to think we know the league quite well. But yeah. Watford are the team where you like they just add these randoms that you just they kind of float under the radar and then they play a game and you're like, who the hell is this guy? Seriously, I mean, even even by Premier League standards, this is a super diverse squad. You got Belgium, Senegalese. Yeah. <laughs> this is money laundering. All these people—no one cares who they really are. It might be parents. more than money laundering. It might be people smuggling. I just—I'm uh, <laughs> just upset that you know our, the London, like Arsenal, doesn't get like a short trip to Watford as you know a nice little away trip. That's all. I mean, That's, as opposed to yeah. like Craven Cottage, which you know my feelings about that. <laughs> uh, all right, any any other thoughts on Watford? No, nope, that's enough. Good riddance. Yeah. Burnley. Speaking of good riddance. Oh, yeah. That's the one that everyone was waiting to. Like, I'm done with... Like, look, someone said a really good point, actually. Someone said that... I was listening to another podcast, and yeah, they do exist. Burnley are the team that you can kind of stand behind, like, even in their bottom three, to get a surprise results against a big boy, just a random one, compared to, like, a Watford, a Norwich, uh, you know, etc. Leeds. And maybe... So they were just saying, like, they feel like the league will just miss that, like, you know, where... When a big team is playing a bottom three team, it's a guaranteed win kind of thing. 
no, not, <laughs> not, not, not. I mean, in a sense, yes, but not with Burnley. Um, the thing with Burnley is there was an appeal to them of some kind of like pure agricultural route one. Four four two old school. It was like, oh, this football can still exist in the Premier League. Cool. And then like they started flying like White Lives Matter planes around, and then then you know when they first came out, you didn't really notice all their players were just white. Like, <laughs> they just kind of like crept up on you, like they're all white. Shit. Well, when Kanye joined, then you realize really realize right. And then the, one guy just sticks out. And you're like, oh shoot! Like this, this didn't occur to me. And then you add that to we're making jokes about oh they must be all Brexit. Then you find out that they actually are. And then you find out that they have like I said, white lives matter plays. Then you find that, like the more you dive deeper into Burnley, you realize I don't want them around. <laughs> so, no, not at all. I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> Listen, we got rid of Stoke. That was a massive achievement for everyone involved. And then Burnley, Burnley took over as their kind of spiritual, you know, prodigy. And so I just wonder who, who's going to be next, you know? I mean, Brentford for a bit, you know, until Ericsson arrived, they looked a bit agricultural for a while, um, just kind of lumping it up to, uh, to Ivan Tony. But yeah, like, I hope we don't see anything like this again. I mean, I'm all for diversity of styles of play, but Burnley just took it way too far for way too long. Yep, okay, agreed. Okay. Can I mention just on Burnley? I feel bad for them in a sense because they're they got bought by I guess a hedge fund or something, right? Yeah, like, Americans. This faceless faceless entity. You don't even know who the person is. And the clause is so funny because if they stay in the Premier League, they're like, yeah, pay us back whenever. But <laughs> the clause in the contract says you get relegated, you pay us back sixty five million dollars within a year. <laughs> This is horrible stuff. Whoever agrees to this contract is an idiot. Well, <laughs> oh well whoever also agrees to manage them next might be an idiot. So you want to quickly... Vincent Company. Yeah. yeah, Vincent Company. Like, when I, when I heard, oh, Vincent Company is, is, is linked with Burnley, I forgot that they got relegated. I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah, take a job towards the bottom of the table and kind of work your way up, get into the Premier League, whatever. Then I realized, wait, he's going to manage them in the championship? Without any like, players. They're all going. This is not the move. <laughs> Are they getting him because he's going to pay the $65 million? <laughs> Chip in. <laughs> he probably has it. You're like, Kilian, uh, my, my man, <laughs> you got some 65 lying around. <laughs> That's what Mbappe can do with his money. He can become a bank. The Mbappank? But okay, if you're going to raise 65 million, what can you do? So, Corne has a like 15 to 17 million release clause. I assume someone will will take them up on that. Pope, 15 million. Why not? not? Uh, uh, McNeil, 20 million. And I can't think of anyone else anyone would would want to buy. Oh, they have some cash. I I doubt they're going to just need to sell everything for the 65 million. But yeah. isn't Isn't there a balloon payment or whatever it's called? A what? Something of that sort. Balloon like the parachute payment? payment? Parachute uh, payment. Uh, that's yeah. Yeah. Alex, it was Balloon not that far really away that you did not know what I was talking about. It was not that <laughs> far away. Um, Alright, let's keep moving up. So, Leeds uh, just managed to stay in the league. And they're, they're a funny one. It's like, I enjoy your style of play. You try and play, but like every time a top team plays you, you get decked 5-0. Like, can you also be a little bit more pragmatic? Um... Are they going to hold on to, what's his name? Left, right winger. 
good player. Rafinha? Yeah, Rafinha. are they going to hold on to Rafinha? Like, he seems to be buying into the whole thing, but, like, that might be just, like, the craziness of trying to stay up and all that. But, like, now, does he want to stay there? He's another player that, you know, we talked about Pookie, but he's a player that can start for a lot of teams above, above Leeds, let alone be a substitute. So, you know, in Newcastle <laughs> United looking to strengthen their squad or an Aston Villa or, you know, I could see him going to a lot of clubs. West Ham, even mm. if, if they lose Bowen, as, as um, kind of rumored. Yeah, the the problem with the Rafinha is his release clause is really high. It's like, isn't it north of sixty or something? If they they stay up, it it would have been it would have been more reasonable had they gone down. So I don't know who's going to be able to afford it necessarily. I mean Newcastle, yeah, they could him on one side and and Saint Max on the other would be would be very exciting. Um, the thing with Leeds this season is that like, BL, they did brilliantly last season. What did they finish like eleventh or something? Fantastic football. And then they just got all the injuries in the world. Like, without Bamford and Phillips, it, it fell apart. And, uh, and that dude at the back as well, whose name I can't remember now. Um, it just completely fell apart, especially defensively. Then Marsh came in, and they got a bit better defensively, conceded less goals, but stopped being able to attack. <laughs> so he's going to have to find a balance next season. And if he can, then, yeah, you just try and stay up again. Yep. Everton... So it looked close at one point, but again, you know, my, you know, we we laugh at everything. There's the banter, there's all that. But in, I've always said, I think they're like a, you know, a stalwart of the Premier League. They are, you know, everything or everything. They need to be in the league for me. You need the the Merseyside derby. You need those kind of things. And I said that about like Newcastle and when Sunderland went down. Like, there's some teams that are just Premier League, you know. Um, just proper Barclays. Kind of, yeah, proper Barclays, part of the fabric, that kind of thing, and everything are, are definitely that. So I'm glad that they stayed up. I know the Lampard thing had a bit of banter going on and blah, blah, blah. I wonder if they keep him for next season. That will be interesting to see. Um, but they, you know, they made it with a game to spare, so it wasn't as close as uh, or as tight as we thought it was going to be. They're going to but... keep him, but it's not the smart thing to do. But they are going to keep him. You know, like, you have to give him credit for staying up. You just do, but you were 16th and you ended up 16th. Also, that 3 2 game, like, like that 3 2 game, like, I don't know if you get credit for that. That's just a freak. <laughs> I, 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 you could say, you know what, he took them in at halftime and said, you know, said whatever he said and got him out playing better in the second half. But really, that's a freak kind of moment that I don't think Lampard had that much to do with. You didn't read all, yeah. the, all the articles about how much of a genius he was for bringing on Delhi at halftime and then it. All turned around. I, sure, the, the, the deli that had been sidelined since he since he came in, as if it was a wonder stroke of a signing. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, look, I I agree with Bernie. It's a bad idea to keep him, but they will because they're in this position now. I'm gonna go ahead and make a prediction that he will be the second manager sacked next season. Hmm. Interesting. I haven't decided who the first is. Right. Right. Oh, okay. That's, that's I was gonna ask that follow up question, but yeah. <laughs> um. Southampton in 15th, I mean, at some point of the season, it looked pretty much for sure they're going to go down. They could not score a goal to save their lives. Things were going horrendously bad. Then they started to pick it up a little bit. Che Adams started to contribute. Ward Prowse starting to contribute. And, they, you know, they played a little bit better. But it, at one point, it was pretty much a shoo-in for them to go down. Are they proper Barclays to you guys? <sighs> not as much yeah. as in Everton, for sure, no. They're like seventy-five percent Barclays. Yeah, a bit less for me, like maybe fifty percent Barclays. Because like, what do they contribute to the league? Like, they... see, you're with no, me. Now. No one else has a shirt like that. I mean, that's nice. Well, they contribute a lot of players to Liverpool. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that's, that's true. true. They have a nice. But they can nice do that from the championship. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I just like now that Burnley are gone. Like I, you guys know, I I wanted Everton gone because of it. Just it was going to be interesting. It'd be something new and interesting to talk about. I wanted Leeds gone because of the agenda. Burnley gone because I hate them. But now that Burnley are gone, the team I hate most is Southampton. So they, they have to leave. <laughs> Next season, I don't want to see them after that. Like, the thing I'm is, done. There's nothing hateable about them. There's just nothing anything about so them. Like, they, yep. they have the same season every year. They they start off quite well. They put in a few like hard pressing, impressive performances against the big teams. Um, then they go on a terrible run. They usually get decked. You know, they they avoided getting a nine nil defeat this season. And then, like, Che Adams scores a couple goals and everyone thinks, oh, they, they might do something here, and then they don't, and they never buy enough p- players. And, like, frankly, Hazen Huddle has done a decent job to keep them up because the squad is shit. But yeah, they might be running out of time unless they actually invest some money now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do next season. Um, we're still all in the negative goal differences, by the way, so far, with, you know, from ranging from negative 61 with Norwich and negative 24 <laughs> Uh, I mean, we want to talk about Farmers League. Uh, you know, it's not hard. It's it, it wouldn't it's be hard a to, make a, to make to make an horrible argument. Horrible Villa, d- d- yes. d- before we move on, if you get a, a goal difference of minus sixty-one, could you be terminated from your contract as a defender because you just haven't done your job? <laughs> I mean, it should be a clause where, like, if we hit a certain negative, well, not negative because that that would have the strikers involved. It would be goals conceded. Let's yeah. Say. I think yeah. at some point you should be allowed to just have your contract ripped up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aston Villa in 14th, the mighty Gerard coming in mid-season, turning that, turning that team around from uh, 15th to 14th. <laughs> so I think doing, you know, doing what he was asked to do, he only had three months to do it. He brought in Coutinho, the flair player. You know, signed the long-term contract now for like what, fifteen million? What a steal! <laughs> Wait, what did Barcelona announce the fee? <laughs> do you see that? Because do you guys not see this? Aston Villa said for an undisclosed fee, and Barcelona <laughs> said for like twenty million euros or whatever. What? <laughs> They're showing the investors. Look, <laughs> yeah. Barcelona need people to know that they have some money. That's funny. I think, look, look. I think if they get their stuff together and maybe upgrade on Mings and just you know let that one go, I think they could be like a the fun team to watch next season. I think they were already that for me. Like when Jared was there, like not because of Jared, but like the couple of players that they had, you know, the Buendias, the Coutinho's, um, Sanchez, like even um, Ings and Watkins and stuff like. I think, you know, Dini or whatever, I think they're fun players to watch. I think they can put together some performances where you want to watch a Villa game. And I'm hoping that they can do that next season. Um, you know, I, I just enjoyed watching them in the second half of the season. I thought they were, they provided some good value. Yeah, I think the results were all over the place. But mm-hmm. you can you can see you can see what Gerard wants to do. Um, and he's talked a lot, pretty much from the moment he got there, about how much he wants to do recruitment wise which is a bit uh which kind of felt great for a lot of the players who are in that team and it's not even that bad a team um but he clearly wants to be very ambitious in the transfer market which means that villa could finish anywhere between 14th and like eighth quite easily yeah 
Good yeah. point. And again, I just don't care where they finish. I just yeah. I think they're going to be enjoyable to watch. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Oh, who's next? I lost my table. Obviously. Brentford. Uh, Brentford at thirteenth. I mean, that is an achievement. Coming up last season. Well, this whatever last season, this season, whatever you want to say. Um, with only a negative eight goal difference, so that you know, doing well. I think towards. You know, starting with obviously beating Arsenal at home, that crazy atmosphere, all that good stuff. Um, had a little bit of a wobble in the middle, and then kind of picked it up again towards the end. The Ericsson signing was a master stroke. You know, obviously people weren't sure if they wanted to take that risk or not with Ericsson, but he came in and he just, like you said, Alex, provided a little bit more of that flair. And Bernie took away some of the agriculture style that they had, and like he really contributed. And I think um, I like, I really like their left-footed striker that plays with. Um, Tony, um, Bueno, yeah, I like him. Like I, you know, I'm not saying he's the best player in the world, but I, well, every time I watch him, I think there's something there. And and you know, Tony is obviously the one that takes gets the headlines, especially at the beginning of the season. But I think people are starting to appreciate him Bueno a lot, and 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 I'm one of those people. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I I think their coach is a bit of a prick, and Alex, I think he might be the first one gone because I think they're gonna have uh you know some teams like they have that great first season in and then the second season Premier League is just rough. Like <laughs> this is how it feels gonna happen. And then the owners are gonna panic and get rid of this guy. Um he's my outside bet for first person gone. Um I I don't know. There's something about Ivan Tony I don't like also. He's a bit of a prick and I'm not sure he's as good as I thought he was coming into the Premier League. I thought he'd do a lot better by scoring a lot of penalties and not really doing much in the games themselves so mm. all right so all negative thoughts from birdie on breakfast <laughs> I, 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 I can't like, like they did have a brilliant season i i do have the same feeling about the next season like it's gonna it's definitely gonna be harder i'm really not convinced ericsson's gonna stay um i don't think anyone's gonna buy ivan tony mostly because he has shown himself to be a complete prat um yeah, I just I'm wondering who they're gonna re- they're gonna recruit. Like they've signed all the Danish players they can possibly sign. Surely, I'm not sure who's left. The Greenland ones. <laughs> that's a good. That's a very good point. Um, in twelfth, you know, I said my manager of the season for me, Patrick Vera. I think he came in. He did an unbelievable job in what seemed like an aging squad, a squad that seemed. Just Zaha and the other 10 kind of thing. And I think he really turned them around. I think Christopas finishing in 12th. Also, kind of with the start that they had, especially, the performances that they're starting to put together. I know Conor Gallagher has it was a big part of that, and he's not going to be with them next season. But overall, you know, I, I think Vieira has done a fantastic job, and it'd be interesting to see how they do next season. Bernie, if I... Asked you, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Although, if I asked you how many points they, how many more points they got this season than they did last season, what would you say? Isn't okay, well, it like either either one less or or even the same? They Something got four like more this season. Four more. Mm-hmm. So sure, like it's an achievement, and they're one position higher than they were. <laughs> I think what he's done is the impressive thing about it is that he's t- he's taken pretty much the same players, right, with a couple, one or two additions here and there, and Gallagher and Gehi and I can't remember who else, Odise. Edward, but he's really a bench player mostly. 
right? And he's changed the way they play. That's the most important part to me because I didn't think this team could change. I thought his structure, his what was going to be difficult for him was being able to change how this team actually functioned the way that he wanted it to, but he was able to do that. That's impressive to me. I think unlike, say, a Brentford, that gives him a platform to succeed even more next season where other teams won't be able to succeed. So mm-hmm. I think in that sense, you know, great job. And I would have given him manager season as well. Like, well, I, w- I would have done that. Yeah, okay. fair enough. Newcastle in 11th. Um, again, I think, you know, season of two halves there, Clive. The second half of the season, I think when you look at since, well, since Eddie Howe joined, has some incredible stats. But then once he kind of got going and you start to look at just 2022 stats, they're what, like second in the league or something ridiculous like that. Like they <laughs> can't be abs- second. Uh, bro, trust, check the stats. They were set, like 2022, they were like top two, top threes is, is what I read in terms of like their, their points and what they did and blah, blah, blah. But point is they really turned it around. At some point, the Saudi guys came in. And it looked like they were going to spend all this money for a team that's going to end up in the championship. They brought a couple of players in January. I don't know if those players are the ones that really had the impact. I know people talk about all the money. And Chris Wood didn't really score that many goals when he first, when he first joined. Exactly. Um, Trippia, always injured, barely played, etc., etc. I just think that Eddie Howe did what he did mainly with the players that he had there. The only the big contribution would be um, Gimaresh for sure. Oh, yeah. who had a fantastic half a season there with him. But again, if you know if this is kind of what they can do with this squad and they can add another 200 million worth of players to the squad, if it doesn't unbalance them, then you know they're looking potentially to push for that for Europa or Conference League spots next season. How did you feel about uh, Jack Grealish slagging off your boy, Almiron? <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... Well, Jack Grealish was slagging off his own players. So it's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Bernie, do you think Eddie Howe is there for another anything more than next season? I mean, obviously the results are what is that's dependent on. If they pull like a Man City and sack the guy and try and go bigger, I'm not sure it succeeds unless they really do invest all that money. And maybe they're they're calling our bluff here, but they're saying that they're not going to pull a Man City and spend like $200 million a season or something like that. They're saying they're going to slow it down. I don't know. Maybe they're lying and <laughs> just trying to prepare the market <laughs> so that people give them like players for cheap. Maybe that's what they're doing. But if they do spend $200 million a season, it won't be with Eddie Howe long term. I don't see that, that happening. I think but it'll be pretty clear. Slowable. I think it'll be pretty clear if they sign out the Bayor. Then we'll know. <laughs> I mean, once out of the Bayor signs, Eddie Howe is gone. They should. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Is, is he like the guy who goes to all the new rich projects at the Bayor? Is that his thing? Or was it just Man City? I think it was just City. He started the whole City thing. They, like, he was, was he the first big like rumble, the thing that kind of stirred the pot? I think, well, it was Tevez, I think. Or was Adebayo already there? They were around the same time. I don't know. But yeah, it did. that was the one where that was like, very controversial because they were buying from another club. But at the same time, Arsenal were pretty happy to do it and also sold them Nazri and Colo Torre. Unrelated, <laughs> but that that man is underrated. I'm just saying. Adebayo? Like, yeah. Well, he I just longevity, oh, right? He just longevity, he, that's yeah. all. Like, the couple of seasons at Arsenal, there was one season where he was almost the best striker in Europe. Like, he was that good. He was, yeah. Like, it was incredible. Um, Wolves finishing in 10th, I think... 
I don't think they're going to be happy with that. I think they hoped for potentially a little bit more this season. I mean, to have Brighton finish above you, I don't think is a good look for Wolves. They're, in my mind, kind of further along in their development in the Premier League than, than let's say, a Brighton. But, you know, they did finish on the same points, to be fair. But, yeah, I think they had a very, very up-and-down season. The Jimenez injury didn't help, for sure, because they really did not have a substitute striker. That young kid was just not up for it. Um, Neto injury. So, a lot of injuries. They lucked out with Jose Sa having an unbelievable season as well. I think that saved them a lot of points, potentially, you know, something that could have gotten much closer to, to a relegation scrap without pretty much having the best keeper in the league, I'd say, this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I liked Sa a lot. Um, they did go up a place or two and six points over last season. It's, I think there was enough that we saw in early parts that we can say, log. is it Lager or Lager? Or is it Lager? Lager, I think. No Lager. one cares. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's enough there, but long term, I don't see it with him there. Lager's on fraud watch for me, Clive. And that is because um, I think I shared with you guys the other day that XG table, which for the most part is, you know, accurately represents how the league ends up. Um, but Wolves were like, right smack near the bottom of the xg table which means they're not creating chances so like even if they had a striker that doesn't have brain damage or isn't an 18 year old frontman for an indie band i'm not sure that they'd get any chances to score any goals so they need to improve creatively i suppose and i'm not sure i mean we'll see ruben neves looks like he might be off and jean moutinho i mean he's brilliant but he's got to be like 46 at this point so they, they do need some new some new blood although adama Troyer is coming back because Barcelona ain't going to buy him. Right. Shock, surprise. Um, speaking of XG, we've obviously, obviously got Brighton in ninth. And, you know, to, to be ninth with the amount of XG that you've missed out on <laughs> is impressive. <laughs> Having Welbeck as your striker for large portions of the season, Mope. you know, like Mope. Yeah. Like, I just feel like they've done, they, they've got, you know, their, their firepower is kind of behind, you know, the Trossards and. <laughs> things like that and I think yeah they've done well to be ninth and they've had a bit of a patchy part there where like the fans were turning slightly on uh, what's his name um, Potter Potter because you know he was basically saying like this is as good as it, get, as good as it gets don't get too you know ahead of yourselves and they're like nah mm-hmm. we want to be like third <laughs> um, but yeah I thought I thought they did well to, to sorry that was actually mad can we just reflect on how fucking insane that was that Brighton fans actually got pissed off at Graham Potter like the best manager they've ever had who's playing astonishing football with a bunch of Pascal Grosses and, and I think it was after a game I don't think they even lost the game I think it was after a game that they drew and they booed yeah. them off the field and it's like what do you want you're from a holiday town like just relax yeah ride the Ferris wheel yeah exactly <laughs> When's the carnival in town? <laughs> like, just calm down. Um, but yeah, I mean, above that, you start to get like into the serious end of the table. Like, you got Leicester in eighth. Madison ending the season very strongly. I think this is what he, he does, the, though. Like, well, few games on, few games took, off. I think the Odegaard comparisons to heart, and uh, decided to, to show up a little bit. Bernie, go in on Brandon. Go on, you're itching. Um, I don't. I don't need to. I've made my point. I've made it clear. He's also made my point clear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> when we look at expected points. They would have finished. Uh, wow, sixteenth. Um, well, sorry, fifteenth. 
So, yeah, it's been a horrible season for them. And, yeah. It's not, again, it's not going to last. They're going to improve a little bit, but to what end? Like, they're going to get, it's going to get still. They're going to have to figure it out and they're going to have to do something different. Rodgers has to shake off this whole, like, bottling manager thing. He has, like, if he doesn't, he's never going to get a a bigger. Well, he's in the FA Cup, so does that not give him, like, I'm defending him, but I can't believe this. Does that not, like, (laughs) give him that a little bit? I well, actually, you don't you yeah. don't give that to Martinez, who beat freaking City with Wigan in the final. No, because he he really the them, like, please calm down. Like, <laughs> I, I think this was even in the same year. They like, play football. On. They play football on a rugby pitch. <laughs> it's not my problem, mate. <laughs> Hire a new grounds person. Um, his so I I think next season, yeah, I think it's make or break for Rogers because I think he gets a lot of credit for the first couple seasons he had at Leicester where they. I mean, they really should have finished top four and they, they did bottle it both times and finished fifth. And he's won an FA Cup, which is a big achievement. Everyone can get a year off. You know, finishing eighth in you know your worst season is not the end of the world for Leicester. If next season is much better, great. He comes back in the frame for like a toxic six job, maybe. But if it's the same or worse, like he's done at, at the top level. Agreed. All right. Um, West Ham in seventh. I think they'll be disappointed not to finish above United. I think it was there for the taking, um, mainly because you know United didn't have the best season. We'll get to them, but West Ham, you know, they had a good season. A little bit of up and down. I think the squad size was uh, was lacking a little bit when they kind of got deep into the Europa League. That was the really chance for a really good um, kind of achievement there, and I, I don't. Look, I understand you're trying to get into sixth and trying to make Europa League, but I, I really don't understand why they took that period between their kind of Europa League, I think semifinal, was it? Like, too seriously? Like, I, you know, that game that sticks to mind is, you know, the starting 11 against Arsenal, losing that game, and then, like, losing to Frankfurt. And I don't know. I just felt like they should have gone for the European glory. I think they it was there for the taking. And then after that, to not also pip. I think what they lost on the last day to Leicester, was it? Brighton. Brighton? Yeah, they lost to Brighton and United also lost. So, you know, it was all there for the taking. It just came crumbling down a little bit. Not to take anything away from Moyes, but Bowen as well. Unbelievable player. Still relatively young. We were talking about, like, transfer rumors, and I'm thinking he he could get a spot in a top four team. I think Chelsea, you know, the ZH thing didn't work out. They're still trying to replace, I mean, go back as far as, like, freaking Robin and Duff. They, you know, they still need that left-footed player that can cut in and do their thing. I think Bowen at, at Chelsea would be an unbelievable signing. I mean, for anybody really, including City, I think in the top four, it doesn't mean he's starting every game, but he is that good. I think in a weird way, certain players, like West Ham regressed a little bit. Like not too much that you're like, oh my God, they're in the conference league now, right? Seventh for West Ham, even in any season would have been like, yeah, we did well. Now, Conference League comes into play. Moyes might decide, maybe I should try and win this one. <laughs> you know, like, we couldn't get it all the way in the Europa League. Maybe we'll try and win that one. There's still enough that I think you can say, overall, they're moving in a pro- like in a progressive direction. And then Bowen, as you mentioned, definitely raised his stock. Like, you know, that guy is incredible. You can ask for $60 million at this point if you're West Ham. And Rice stepped up a gear as well. He's no longer just a defensive midfielder. He came up as this all-action, all-over-the-place, give-it-to-me-I'll-do-things player. Mm-hmm. Like, you can... It's it's ir- unreasonable to pay $100 million, but West Ham are well in their right 
to demand that money at this point now. You know what I mean? Like oh, you yeah. shouldn't pay it, yeah. but like based on performances, why shouldn't they ask for it? So oh, they 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 yeah. can and they will, and I don't think anyone's going to pay it this summer. I don't think he's going anywhere this summer. I I just don't. I can't see anyone spending the money that they would need to spend to get Declan Rice. I also think Bowen probably stays. I I'm just not sure. It's probably unfair, but when you look at the clubs above West Ham in the league, like Man United and Spurs aren't going to buy a Jared Bowen. Tottenham aren't going to buy Jared Bowen, nor are Liverpool or Man City. Chelsea is like an outside bet, but then, I don't know. He's English, so they probably won't won't bother, you know? Hmm. And yeah, they have a lot of guys but... that they need to clear out if they're going to get someone in that position. Yeah, I just think if you are a West Ham fan, you are slightly worried about Rice and Bowen. This, mm-hmm. this transfer window, and I know what you're saying, but just if you were really invested in them and kind of they're really the, the, the stars of your team, I, you know, I'd be a little bit worried. Just kind of who's looking out for to, to potentially try and kind of disturb the, the West Ham squad. In okay. sixth apparently, is Manchester. Um, Go ahead. Sorry, apparently they've hit an impasse with the contract negotiations with Suchek, so he might actually have to leave this summer, but we'll see. Interesting. Where would he go? Leicester? Hmm. Yeah. Um, Manchester United finishing in sixth with a brilliant zero goal difference. <laughs> Atrocious. Thoughts on. I mean, we've talked about United so many times, but like maybe, maybe, maybe we talk about the future. Forget about what happened this season. We mention them every week. Ten Hag is in. He's wearing the same suit three days in a row. You know, practical kind of guy. He, you know, I mean, for someone that loves pressing, that suit was not. <laughs> Well done, well done. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's the question? No, nothing. I just needed to say that part. Oh. Um, no, <laughs> no. The question is just like, forget the past. How are you feeling about, and I know you're saying if and if and if, but give us like, this will happen, therefore we will be this next season. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't have like a bunch of hope and optimism and, and all that kind of stuff. Not because of the season was so bad. It's just you've spent spent a lot of emotional energy in the last couple of like three years. You know what I mean? Like being high on the United Legend thing, which I really was, and then down on the Ralph nonsense. Like I'm just like I'm in a wait and see mode, and I think a lot of fans are. But to that point, it won't get worse than this. I mean, the expected points they were supposed to be eighth. Okay, like this season was actually worse than on paper, and there are still enough good, good players at the club that Ace can turn around very easily. Um, they could they could end up in the top four, for all we care. They could end up sixth again, for all we care. Like, it depends on the attitude of the players. Are they going to fight again next season? Because now it's all come out that people were hating each other, like literally fighting each other, <laughs> like fisticuffs and stuff like that. Like, it, it all depends on, can you unify this? Same team that well, went 29 you- games unbeaten, away and then went six in a row this like just now this team can do better can he make them do better a little bit i think maybe do you think that you've got the players right now that suit ten hog style you know the whole the whole like you will this is going to be the hardest preseason of your life i'm going to make you dream of pressing you know do you have the players right now or is this going to require like an absolute overhaul no, it doesn't require an overhaul because every manager has come in and said they need more fitness and every single one of them did that. When you look at the Mourinho running stats and the Ole running stats, it was night and day. They pressed, they did everything. Like the pressing stats were actually very high under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Now, 
can they press? Of course, Fred can press, McTominay can press, Bruno can press, Rashford can press, Ronaldo cannot press. This is where you have the problem. Like, up top, can that guy up top leading the line press? No. So, there's nothing like Ten Hag style because he's literally going to come in and have to change the way he wants to play, which at Ajax, he switched between 4-2-3-1 in Europe and 4-3-3 in Holland. So, he knows how to adapt and let's see what he does. But, I don't, there is no such thing as a Ten Hag style. He's, he's just, t- everyone else is going to press, just not Ronaldo, basically. I'm excited that Steve McLaren's back. Yeah. Steve. Steve. I think he should do his first English public appearance with, a, with an umbrella. Just like, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a Twitter account now, no? Does he? Yeah. He's got a YouTube channel. He's got a YouTube Holy channel. Shit. You know you know who's new on Twitter Like as of like two days ago? Neil Warner. Oh, oh. Yes. Unbelievable. Like he's already <laughs> come in with an unbelievable gif. And then he, his next tweet was telling, you know, saying that good riddance that Mike Dean is leaving. The, like, unbelievable start <laughs> to his Twitter campaign. Mate, um, it must be his grandson or something. There's no way he knows what he's doing. I don't know. That's amazing. I don't know. But I'm still following it. So, um, Arsenal finishing in fifth, just losing out on Champions League football. Alex, I'll let, I'll let you do this one. I mean, sure. I think just to kind of set you up here, I think we had two different parts of the season with two different expectations. I think mm-hmm. when we started the season, I think you would have taken fifth and kind of bit whoever's arm was that was offering it to you. And then towards the end, before the three losses to like Southampton, Brighton and whatever it was, I think you would have said, well, fourth is now the new hope. So how do you kind of put those together and summarize how we ended up kind of just more objectively? Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. So start of the season, we said, you know, what did they finish? Eighth last season? Mm. Finished outside the European places, which was a massive bonus going into the season. Like, I don't think we should overlook how how important that was, that they only had, you know, for the most part, one game a week. How privileged we were. Yeah, honestly. Mm. Not having to, to watch trash Europa League games. Um, yeah, th- those would have been the expectations at the start. There were a lot of new signings. You know, they all bedded in incredibly quickly like far better than you could have reasonably expected the first three games of the season they lost and at that point things looked absolutely bleak and it was verging on you know classic arsenal fan base toxicity again um but things very quickly picked up and then they went on you know a few very good runs um punctuated by smaller runs of losses and they really did do a very very good job to have the top four in their grasp and ultimately the score just wasn't quite good enough and i think there are there are things that you could debate about the january transfer window where they basically flogged all the squad players um you know would callum chambers or maitland niles have made a difference towards the end of the season where you're playing cedric a lot arguably yes like arguably that was a bad decision to let all of those guys go and i think like january was a pivotal moment but i also think something outside of our hands was like as we were mounting that kind of that momentum was building, you lose Partey and Tierney at the same moment. And I don't think we are just good enough as a squad to lose Partey, who, you know, was in the last three months before his injury, by far the player of our season, like by far the person that's making, allowing us to play the way we want to play, allowing Shaka to push further up, which means, you know, less of a liability, closer to the goal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think Partey was a huge factor in that. Um, Kieran Tierney, just by the fact that we don't have a replacement, you know, I think, both of those injuries happening pretty much at the exact same time. There, 
we we're just not far enough in our development as a team to overcome two such critical injuries to two starting eleven players. So and then you know Tomiyasu added to that. I know he was injured slightly earlier, but as well like not having those three, there's no it just you couldn't see us still doing because if we still kind of push for top four without those three, then we must have an incredible squad, and we know we don't. Well, especially without a striker. Yeah, I mean, but I, th- yeah, I think the only thing yeah. about you guys that you need to mention is. Like he's, he almost had three phases of the season, right? Where you sucked, you were really good, and then you sucked at the end. But where you sucked at the end was nowhere. Like it, it was strange that you faltered at that point because you had beaten United is useless or whatever. But I think you beat Chelsea, Chelsea. or Chelsea and West Ham. Like yeah, like that point was where I thought. I remember we were talking about like guys, Europa League for you, right? Because you think even if you if you beat United, you go and you're not beating Chelsea. And West Ham are solid. You might get it. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like it didn't feel like you were gonna get all those points, which you did. And you won four in a row. And at that point, if I'm not mistaken, Lacazette was around, but who cared? You still had all those injuries at that point, and you were pulling out these crazy things. And Ketia came on form all of a sudden. Everyone kind of thought, "Ooh, this is interesting now." And then all of a sudden, it was the weaker teams that you definitely should have beaten. And I'm going to kind of include Tottenham in that, even though they came fourth, because I still don't think that performance was a joke. Like, yeah, I it think, just I think, fell down and crashed so badly. Uh, in I a think, weird Bernie, way. If, you were, if you're, you know, as an Arsenal fan, if we were watching closely that United game, that Chelsea game, that West Ham game, uh, Arsenal fans will tell you, those were wins that were very fortunate. Mm-hmm. United, as bad as you guys are, we gave we allowed you to back in the game. You could have gotten had a penalty, this, that. You missed the penalty. Like we allowed you to have a really good game in a period yep. where you were horrendous. Chelsea game was yep. just so helter skelter. It was insane. I don't know what the hell Chelsea were doing defensively. West Ham game, couple of set pieces, etc. So the signs were there, especially like when you lose to Southampton, Brighton, and whoever, whatever it was, like right before. So. I think the signs were there that these were flukes. What we needed was two more flukes, like just a, a fluke against Tottenham and then something against Newcastle and everything. It was just one step too far to continue kind of just stumbling along, I think. Yeah, I would also say about the North London derby, which I said a couple of weeks ago, I I, I wouldn't have backed Arsenal to win that game, especially at you know, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Is that what it's still called? Yeah. Um, like th- those two teams basically win, mostly win the home game in, in the derby. But they didn't need to win that game. They just needed to draw it. And, uh, you know, I, I really think Arteta royally fucked that game up um, in, a, in a number of ways. But he's, you know, he's a baby manager. These, these are the kind of things that are going to happen. All right. Well, speaking of Spurs, obviously pipping Arsenal to that fourth spot. Um, Conte is obviously the center of all of that. Coming in in January, doing pretty much... Spurs pretty much doing the opposite of what Arsenal didn't do. So hiring uh, Conte, then signing Kulusevski and... What's the guy in the center? Bentancur. Bentancur. I think both of them, especially Kulusevski, having an unbelievable impact on this team. Very top-heavy, but they made it work. Um, And I think that run since Conte came in i think they deserve to be to be in the top four um it'll be interesting to see what they do next season again in the back you know i know romero's there but right back is weak region is he staying Luis, i know alex you think he's great i think you can definitely upgrade there um and conte you know from a manager that 
seemed at one point that really didn't want to be there, almost bemoaning the fact that the United job became available instantly, etc., etc., etc. It'll be interesting to see what what he does in the summer and if he keeps kind of leaning into that Serie A knowledge and, and signing a couple more players from there. Mm-hmm. I think well, it's an interesting... Sorry. Oh, sorry, Alex, I was saying... No, go ahead. I still don't... I don't know. Like, he's done a good job, right? They're in the top four. Sure. Like, great. Like, it was another top four campaign where, like, no one seemed to... At one point, no one wanted it. Tottenham were falling apart at the points. The Arsenal were, United were, West Ham were in it. They fell apart. I, I don't know how much congratulations in the sense of like, oh, great, you did a great job. Even though I feel like he did, but it's just, it doesn't sound convincing to me because they were like, literally, you guys were one fluke away from not, like, from taking it away from him. It just feels kind of weird. But then again, like, he, he if PSG called him today, he's up, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Daniel Levy made a deal, like, as to say, get me top four and I'll give you whatever you want. But he knows that this guy is so volatile. How does this affect the future of the team? I don't know. Maybe he does one more season. Does he do more than this? I don't see it. I don't see him doing two, three, four seasons with Spurs. It's next season and that's it. Like, I don't, I don't like think he does three or four seasons to with anyone. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not sure that's worth it for me. Like, I, I'm not... Maybe for Tottenham, I guess. I'm using my United hat oh. on, like, maybe. But, like, I don't know. It's just... It's... No. No, listen, like, for, for Spurs, like, this is literally the best manager that they could possibly have hired. And, you know, in the next few years, probably will remain the best manager that they could possibly have. Like, they had Nuno at the start of the season. Like, it, it actually feels like two completely different seasons. They had Nuno, and the players hated him. The football was trash. They couldn't even create shooting chances, let alone actual goals. Like, it, Harry Kane was was not on board. Like it was completely, it was a completely different club. And then Conte comes in, and and you can call him top heavy because of Kane and Son, and and now Kulusevski. But he took, you know, yes, Romero's class, but he took Dyer and Ben Davies, and created a defense that has like barely conceded goals in in the second half of the campaign. Like he turned them into a into a very formidable outfit towards the end of the season. And we've just seen that that the Spurs owners have actually finally invested their own money. They're putting 150 million pounds into the club this summer. Like they could do some serious investment over the summer. And with Conte next season, I think they probably stay top four. Also, it's important Perhaps to know, the by the way, the, well, I'm, we're going to mm-hmm. get quickly to the individual things, but let's quickly Chelsea. I mean, for me finishing in third, uh, you know, good achievement, but because, you know, you're always thinking they're best of the rest after City and Liverpool. But I don't know. They just seemed like such a non-event in the league. They just seemed like, well, yeah, they're obviously always hovering around that third spot. Never really in doubt. I know towards the end they dropped a couple of points as they focused on, like, the FA Cup and, you know, Champions League and uh, and this and that. But they just seemed like really a non-factor in the league. They were always going to finish third. They were always the third best team in England. The biggest maybe talking points were like, you know, did Lukaku fail? Was it a waste of money? Et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, all the Abramovich stuff. But like, other than that, I just feel like they really had no effect on this league whatsoever. This, this league is so uncompetitive that this is the third best team, but they felt so bad. Like, you know, like, like, it just felt so, like, there was a point where we were discussing here that can Arsenal actually catch them, right? Just the fact that you can have that conversation just tells you how bad, like, they actually were probably second half of the season more so than the first half of the season. Like, to your point, Martin, like, so what they came third? Like, 
in a sense, like if you just take the fact that it's all top four, like European football stuff out of that, like everyone third down is a complete catastrophe. Like it's maybe except for Spurs because they jumped up a little bit, but this it's like who was good? Mason Mount was the player of the season. That's horrendous. <laughs> it's just horrendous. Oh man! Yeah, First it yeah. wasn't Thiago Silva. Actually, that guy held them together. I mean, that's a that's a nice little win for them. I think Thiago Silva was a brilliant player. Um, they're losing Rudiger. That's a big one. Um, but yeah, it'll Alonso. be interesting to see kind of Alonso as Pilicueta. It'll be interesting to see what they do next season. Um, Ziyech is for sale. Ziyech is for sale. Um, now, just the final, you know, roundup with the top two here. I think this was unbelievable, especially the final day scenes with, you know, City needing a win, going 2-0 down to Aston Villa. The stories that were going to be written about Gerard winning Liverpool the league as a manager of Aston Villa, and then like Liverpool fighting to get that that go ahead goal against who was it? Um, Brent, who was it? Wolves. Wolves. Um, and then you know City coming back, scoring three goals within six minutes. I think between the seventy fourth and the eighty first, maybe seven minutes or so. Unbelievable blitz. Gundogan coming on. Um, you know, if you want to call it a masterstroke by by Pep, you can. Uh, I mean, Grealish thought so because Bernardo Silva was not on his game apparently that day. Um, and you know what? I think that was... I mean, we talk about the Aguero finish because it was final minute, all that good stuff. But I think the way this panned out, the game's happening at the same time, the split screens, the you know the craziness of can City actually bottle this now? I think this was an unbelievable finish to the league, just at least at the top. Yeah. Um, the quadruple didn't happen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, me and my brothers in Christ are happy about this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's it's very hard watching the final day of the season, knowing that, like, you have to pick between, like, a rock and a hard place. And I am infinitely happy that the Liverpool fans ban- got bantered by thinking it was 3-3 in the City game or something like that. Um, that and Mohamed Salah thought he had pulled an Aguero. Like, that was, that was worth it to me. This the little victories that you can claim, right? Um, but I think you know, was it ninety three points? Pep should have won Manager of the Season. Like, I, like the club thing, they're taking into account Europe and the leagues and all that. But the Premier League, like, for Pep to do this to what one win four out of the last five or something ridiculous like that, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Some like some insane stat, and I know yeah, the money and blah blah blah. Look, Liverpool have spent money, um, and I think for Pep to kind of put this team together and keep him going, keep him hungry, and keep adding just the right amount that's required every season, I think he deserves a lot of credit. And people think, well, it's such an easy job, and anybody can do it. I, I disagree. I don't think so. Yeah, no. I mean, I said this recently. Like, once he goes, they'll still be you know one of the best teams, but they'll be nowhere near as good. The team they are now. Yeah. Like they're, they're phenomenal. But when you look at the, the, the league table and how it ended up, these two teams are just absurdly good. Like, one, 29 games and 28 games. Drawn six games and eight games. Lost three games and two games. Goals for 99 for City, 94 for Liverpool. And they both conceded 26 all season. Like, they're just, I mean, you know, they're literally in a league of their own club. Like, they're, they're so good. It's really hard to imagine while these two managers are still there, anyone competing with them. Well, to well, be I fair, think, Liverpool I think finished just... seventeen points less last season. They did have a dip compared yeah. to City. That was Van Dijk they, they was did. out. They did. I think it's also like these. Uh, we can talk about the managers, and obviously they've done a great job. Obviously, but these are also two of the best run clubs in the league. 
right? Like, you know, Man City getting away with murder half the time. Sure, fine, we get it. But they recruit very well. Part of that is the manager. Part of that is also the system. And they don't you actually know, spend like I, I, I know the Grealish thing. Hundred million is always kind of the outlier, but that's only recently. But other than that, you see the fifties, the sixties, the fifty-five millions. You know, it's not like they're going out every summer transfer and getting a hundred million player. The Grealish thing was a bit, if anything, out of out of norm for them. Like, yeah, they do spend on the wages. Like Three hundred on Holland. <laughs> well, no, well yeah, I, I don't like taking all that into account. Like at the end of the day, you just look at how much you're paying the club, and you know, I, at I 55, think... 60, 65, I think they're making relatively reasonable signings compared to what we thought they would be doing every season. I think when you look at it in terms of individuals, yes. But you look at it in terms of volume, no. Because, you know, this, these are, these are, this is a team that spent like 50 million on, on Bernardo Silva, 50 million on Sterling, 60 million on Mares. There's okay. another guy on, on that wing. I can't remember. Uh, 40 million. Oh, Ferran Torres was 30 at some point. Yeah. Or, or something like that. Like, they spend a lot of money on high volume, which is fine. Like, you know, but they, not everyone can do that, right? Liverpool are like, they get each and every signing correct. That's that's nonsense to me. Even Simicastle, we thought was shit. Like, turns out, like, bro, like, I could contribute when Robertson is out. That's he a can madness. start for any like, team in the league. He could literally start for mm-hmm. any team in the league outside of City. Mm-hmm. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. I respect Liverpool as an operation more so because they just seem to get everything right. Like Jota, did you? Like, like come on, man! Like, I did not think he was gonna do this. Like, I did not. Like, City are doing some things that are a little bit kind of obvious to me. But props, City's, yeah, yeah. I get Ake is their cheapest defender at thirty million. I guess Zinchenko, but he's a not an actual defender. B leaving and C they didn't buy it. Well, they must have bought him from somewhere, but like he came through. Yeah, he was yeah, very no, young. Um, I think we've been doing this for an hour or so, so let's quickly just take a look at the individual side of things. I know, Bernie, you brought up Jota, and I'm just looking at like the, the top scores here, right? We'll just go through assists and top scores. Like Son and Salah are matching at 23. Salah doing it in less minutes, but Son doing it with no penalties. I think mm-hmm. that's very impressive. Um, then you get Ronaldo in third. Boo. I mean, regardless of what you think, <laughs> Ronaldo no, coming no. back and Boo. being the third top no. scorer of the Premier League <laughs> no. is no. impressive on a personal level. No, no. Followed no. by that. Okay, so <laughs> next in, also third is Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, no, fourth, <laughs> fourth is Harry Kane with 17. Saudi Mani next at 16. Then you get De Bruyne, Jamie Vardy, Diego Jota, all on 15. I mean, just for... I think Vardy and Jota to be there. Um, De Bruyne Surprise, to be Vardy. really... Yeah, yeah, it's surprising. And Jota as well. I didn't think he scored that many. And De Bruyne is the only midfielder, really kind of central midfielder in the in that top 10 or so. And then you get Zaha at 14. Um, Sterling at 13. Tony at 12 goals. Madison, 12 goals. Bowen, 12 goals. Timo Pukki, 11. Like there's, it's interesting when you go down the list, you know, like mm-hmm. people focus on the first couple. But as you go down the list, you know, you start to see people like Rafinha and Richarlison with 11 goals it's you know Watkins did you think he scored 11 goals this season I didn't seems about right yeah so it's about right though I don't I don't remember them but yeah <laughs> yeah and then when you look over at the assist side of things you got Salah with 13 Trent with 12 and then Harvey Barnes with 11 um, there's someone Kane. that could play for a bigger team yeah Kane with 10 and we saw this season it made sense with kind of how he's playing um, another interesting stat is that no player had two red cards this season. Wow. Yeah. 
That's really? interesting. Yeah. No yeah, player has two. Congratulations to Granite Xhaka. Yeah, he had one. Um, Pogba had one. That was a funny one. Oh, Rondon. Liverpool one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody. I'm interested. Usually, you know, you get seasons, you get players sent off a couple of times, don't you? At least. And, and what's funny about that is that I don't remember any instances where, like, someone was sent off and then it went to VAR and then the, the red card was rescinded. So I'm not even sure you can blame it on that. Mm. Good point. Yeah, James at Chelsea had a red card. I think that was the handball on the line, if I remember correctly. Like, he pretty much saved the ball. But yeah, interesting. A couple of interesting things. I thought it would be a lot more red cards, but... Yeah, it's been a. I think it's been a. It's been a good season for sure. I think Liverpool and kind of Liverpool for me dominating the season when you take into account the quadruple shouts and that kind of thing and the Champions League final coming up. I think in my mind this is kind of like Liverpool's year, just in terms of like the attention is on Liverpool for me. Just with obviously getting to every, you know playing every single game available to them in the calendar, in the you know in the, in the, in the season and all that. Like that's insane. Um, if they win the, the the Champions League on Saturday, I think it'll be a phenomenal season, taking into account the only loss to this behemoth of a city team by a point. Yeah. 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 It it just Agreed. goes to show how hard it is to do a treble. It's just it's just hard. <laughs> Football's hard, man. It's it's also hard to go unbeaten in the season. It's just it's just tough, man. It's, it's also hard to, to concede like what like seven goals all season or whatever the hell Chelsea did. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen, and, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's tough to get like a hundred points. Like, bro, these 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 are such difficult feats that the greatest teams in the Premier League are able to achieve that some people They're, just can't. You know, it's so complicated. What you do is so complicated. <laughs> also, also speaking of speaking of Pep, I mean their new freaking Brazilian striker dude is tearing it up. Six goals today, I think. Who? Um, whatever Bruno oh, Alvarez or whatever his name is, oh, Julian Alvarez, Julian, whatever. Point is, yeah, like him and Hal. Like, are you serious? Like, no wonder. And and they have the nerve to sign these two and then ask Arsenal for fifty million for Gabriel. Just give it, give it to us for free. free. Like, you don't have space. <laughs> <laughs> like we just signed in Ketia to a new deal. Like, please have some mercy on us. <laughs> Because Jesus was like, mm, you guys aren't looking good in the lights. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this, right? Like, they've been talking to, to Jesus for a while and everything allegedly was agreed, you know, between the player and the club. I'm, I'm imagining, you know, about 150, 160 grand a week, probably for someone like that. And then he sees that Nketiah is getting 100. He's going to double his demands. There's no way yeah. we were only going to give him 150. There's no way. He's getting he's getting top dollar. He's getting the 200. For sure. Don't don't worry, lads. Once Lewandowski goes to Barcelona, you're getting Aubameyang back. <laughs> Someone is. <laughs> or or Luke De Jong. You're fine. <laughs> you know what? I take Luke De Jong. Last minute headers, man. We haven't had that since Bentner. Or or hey, Timo Puki. <laughs> He's available. I'm in favor. Wow. All right. All right. So yeah, end of season. I mean, it's going to be 75 days until the Premier League is back. We'll. Uh, I think we'll enjoy Champions League final, and then that's pretty much it. Summer's here, which is great, but I think I'm going to miss it. There's no, there's no international tournament. No, it would have been nice in the to summer have a, is Fabrizio Romano. Would have, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Would have been nice to have a, a World Cup happening right now, but say la vie. Yeah. What are you going to do? It's going to be wicked November. in December, though. All right, yep. thanks, lads. We'll chat again next week. Peace.
Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the Kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.